Hello and welcome to my bullet journal journey. I'm your host, Danny Kay, here today with my May update. After my less than ideal April, I was intent on May being the month that I got back on track. The theme I chose for the month was poppies, and I was thrilled to death with how it ended up coming out. I used some watercolor that some friends had given me for my birthday, and it was actually the first time I'd actually been able to successfully paint poppies, and they turned out so beautiful. Before this, they had always eluded me, and now I'm just a poppy painting machine. You can check out my Instagram at riverflowerart if you want to see it. I will have a link in the description below. But executing that theme well gave me a ton of energy and made me want to use my journal. So I was really productive at the beginning of the month. I had set some goals for myself for the month, which included like goals for my house, like getting some miscellaneous cleaning tasks done, reading, things like that, and I hit a few of them almost immediately, which gave me even more energy. It's like contagious. But then, I think you guys can guess where this is going. Toward the middle of the month, on a Wednesday, I started to feel very overwhelmed, frantic, disjointed, like a burnout was coming. I realized I was trying to do too much and that I had already gotten off track with the goals I set for my week. My environment was getting a little jumbled and cluttered also. And then I discovered I was using other spreads in the month less and less. So I was using my habit trackers, but I wasn't using spreads I set up for like content planning or meal planning. I was using my weeklies and habit trackers only, basically. I wasn't writing down memories or using my brain dump. I was really just doing the bare minimum as far as journaling was concerned. Last month in May, I did my review of the bullet journal by Ryder Carroll. And as I was preparing for that, reviewing my notes, I realized I wasn't doing as much reflection as Ryder recommends. And in fact, I wasn't doing any. And so I think that's why I was getting off track. It just amazes me how quickly that happens. We have so much going on in our day to day. It's easy to get up off track from our goals. And Ryder Carroll actually recommends a morning reflection and an evening reflection. And had I been reflecting, I think I would have recognized that some of my spreads just weren't working for me, like my content planner. Or there's always a possibility that they would have worked had I made a conscious effort to use them. So I'm not really sure which one it was, but I wasn't using them, and I realized that my energy level had just tanked, which really affected my motivation and then my productivity. So it happened around the same time that it happened in March, and then again in April, and I started to see a pattern, like maybe something else was going on, and after thinking on it, I thought without going into 
too much information here. Perhaps my energy crashes were hormonal and I needed to consider that going forward. Like when it happened in March, I really wallowed in it. And I feel a little ridiculous now <laughs> for letting it go on so long. It may be something that I'm just aware of in the future and I may try to plan accordingly. When I when my energy levels tanked this month, I I took the opportunity to do other things which don't require a lot of energy. So I finished one book that I had been reading forever. I'm a slow reader and I tend to put books down and then I don't pick them up again for weeks, sometimes months. I'm terrible. All you bookworms out there are probably judging me harshly right now, deservedly so probably. But finishing that book was a huge accomplishment for me, and I had a goal to finish that book. That was one of my goals in May, and then also start another one and get halfway through it. Well, guys, you're listening to an overachiever here because I finished both of them, and I was so excited. The second one was Guy, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. And it actually ended up being much shorter than I thought. It was only like 100 pages on my e-reader on my phone. And so I got both of them done. And it was a huge accomplishment for me, even when my energy levels were super low and I wasn't doing other things that felt productive. That felt productive. Reading those books, that was an accomplishment. So I was excited about that. I decided going forward that, I'm going to try to manage my energy rather than fight against it or resent myself for not having any energy or motivation. You know, I'm going to try not to beat myself up about it. Because a lot of times when you put too much pressure on yourself to do something, it makes it that much harder to do. Now, I watched a video by Rowena Tway, I think is how you say her name. I knew a girl. It's T-S-A-I. I think it's Chinese. I knew a girl with the same last name in middle school. That's how she set up. So Rowena, several months ago, I watched a video by her that discussed energy management as opposed to time management. And when I identified that it was my energy levels that were the problem, I went back to that video to watch it a second time. So I'll link it in the description below. She does an energy audit through the day. So it's just kind of a little graph. And when her energy goes up, she'll make a little line. And she'll write down what she did so she might have washed her face and it gave her energy. And then say she does something that brings her energy level down. She'll make the line go down and she'll write down what happened. She had lunch and it made her tired. So she's identified the things that boost her energy and the things that drain her energy. So for me, I kind of already know how my energy ebbs and flows through the day. So I probably won't do an energy audit, but I think it will be more useful for me on like a monthly scale. Like when I'm banging stuff out and have a ton of energy and then when I have none. And I might plan my goals and my weeks out accordingly. 
So the video just made me realize that I need to embrace where my energy level is and work around it rather than wallowing in it. To do that, I really need to have perspective and consider what I consider an accomplishment. I went over this in a prior episode, but sometimes I need to remind myself, you know, doing a 10-minute yin yoga video, which is basically just stretching during a week where I have a ton of energy, might not feel like a major accomplishment, but when I have no energy, don't feel like doing anything at all, it's a huge accomplishment. So times when I have no energy and no motivation, I'm going to embrace it, do little things like yoga, reading, maybe doing some art. I don't know. That depends. But I'm going to be gentle with myself and not feel guilt for where I am in the present moment. And for me, it's an achievement in and of itself to just be able to recognize where I am mentally. And your bullet journal is a great tool for self-reflection. You can look at your week and see what you've done. You can see where you're adhering to your habits. You can see how close you are to a goal. But you have to make the effort to review these spreads and reflect on your time. Now, I don't set aside time for reflection, but I really want to start making it a priority to do so. June is mostly over, so this month is probably not going to be a great month to start, but July, July is my month. You know, we put a lot of work into our journals, and it feels like such a waste to set up these spreads and only look at them one time. I like setting aside my Sundays as a reset day to do this, but as the weather warms up and we're spending a lot of time on the beach, it's been difficult to squeeze it in then. And frankly, it often gets set aside for pretty much anything else. I don't do it until I've finished my cleaning for the day. But then, like, what if I'm too tired by the end or my family wants to do something? You know, I'm sacrificing it. It's getting cut out. So it's something I need to prioritize going forward. I did add in June reviewing goals to my habit tracker. Now, I don't think it's helped much. So far, but I'm going to try to give it a fair shake. I couldn't really stand to do it this week, so I think I will. It should really be done daily, once in the morning and once in the evening, but as I said, life gets in the way sometimes. One thing I did realize from May was I was letting other things get in the way of my goals. So you really... We have a finite amount of time, and it's easy to prioritize things that in the long run are not going to further your goals. So, for instance, cleaning. There will always be something to clean. Always. Even the biggest clean freak, I'm sure there's some of you listening, you will always find things to clean. You'll never be done. So, it's very easy to justify cleaning instead of working on a goal. For me, it might be art because the cleaning just needs to be done. But does it? If whatever it is doesn't get cleaned, what's the worst that's going to happen? For me, it certainly affects my mood when it builds up. 
but is that a good reason to prioritize it when you could be working on your goals? I mean, there's a balance there, certainly. But if every day you have things to clean and you're doing that instead of focusing on your goals, you're never going to get anywhere. You're always going to find something that's going to put it off. So I started this month, I decided to start focusing on my goals during the week in June. So there are a couple things I did. First, on my weekly spreads, I do, I'm doing four boxes per page. And since there's only seven days in a week, I have space left over. I have one box basically to put my my weekly headers. I put the date, June, you know, whatever. And I would have a subheading for tasks and goals. So I would put the tasks at the top and the goals at the bottom. And it doesn't seem like a big thing, but I decided to switch the two because I need to be focusing on the goals. I don't need to be focusing on the tasks because the tasks are, you know, errands and chores and they're not important in the grand scheme of things. My goals are what's important. So I switched those two. The goals are what I want to do, not the tasks. And then I started in my weekly spreads, I took a different color. So I have purple. My theme is lavender for June. So I have my purple marker for my accents, and then I took a green marker, and I'm highlighting any daily task that I have that is related to my goals, and that is what I'm trying to focus on. I'm trying to make sure that those items do not get lost in the minutiae, and so far, it worked pretty well in the first couple of weeks, but then, you know, I got off track. It's that time. I will say I also had family come into town, so I'm going to use that as an excuse uh, for being a little slack last week. But I just want to make sure that my brain, when I'm looking at my weekly spread, that's what I'm, that's what stands out. It pops out at me. So I like this method. I think I'm going to keep it going forward. I don't know that it really made me much more productive, but it did kind of make me think more about prioritizing. I feel like I get off track very easily and quickly. So this goes for my goals. I lose sight of where I'm supposed to be going with my goals. So I might, you know, this is why my content planner isn't necessarily so successful because I will plan out content and ideas for the month. And I'll start with the first group of them. Like say I have like three tasks that I want to get done. And I'll finish those. And then I'll never look at the content planner again. And it's like why, you know, you've got to keep going. You've got to keep reviewing these things and stay on track. It's, it's constant. It's a constant work. But... I'm going to be more cognizant of it going forward. On another note, and I think a lot of you are probably in the same boat, I'm going to run out of space after July. And I'm going to need to buy a new journal. 
And it's kind of exciting, but at the same time, I'm a little overwhelmed because, you know, where do I even start? I think July, I'll probably start planning out my new journal. But I need to think about, you know, what items I'm going to carry over into the next journal. I need to pick a journal, which feels a little more daunting than it did the first time. Like, I loved my first journal. It was one on Amazon. I don't even know what brand. It came with a cute little ruler. It was 220 pages. The cover's pink and soft, and it had a little gold embellished design on the front. It was cute. I loved it. But now that I'm immersed in the Buto culture, I feel like I need to get like a legit journal. Like Archer in Olive or the, I think, Letter Lucta. I, I don't know how to say it. I'm probably butchering it. Anyway, I've got to pick a journal. That's my next step. I will probably start that in the beginning of July and let you know how that goes. Riley Autumn, she is a YouTuber where she makes journals and sells them on Etsy. She uses the Journalier journals, which are just beautiful. They have what looks like a watercolor scene on the front. One has a mountain and I forget what the other one is, but that's kind of my style and I like those. They have 180 pages, whereas my current journal has 220 pages. So that concerns me a little bit, but I'm only going to need it for six months. So maybe it'll be okay. And I think in a new journal, I'm going to have less spreads because at this point I know what I like. I did spend a lot of time in this journal kind of adding spreads and not following through with them. They're a little redundant or superfluous at this point. So I won't be carrying some of them forward. So might be okay, but I am uh, a little excited, but also overwhelmed about the prospect of starting a new journal. On a personal note, in May, I committed to being my daughter's Girl Scout leader in the fall which I'm pretty excited about, but also a little nervous because I know myself and I'm a planning freak. I love planning things, especially birthday parties, especially kids' birthday parties. So the thought of planning a meeting every week and crafts, which I'm also good at, was really exciting, but I know it's going to completely consume me if I let it. And I do not delegate well. So most of the time I just end up doing everything and not leaning on the people around me like I should. So I'm trying to resist the urge to do this. I haven't even made a spread in my journal for it. I probably will in the next journal. But it was a difficult commitment to make because I know how limited my time already is and I have goals that I want to achieve, but I feel like this was important to do. I felt a drive lately to be more involved with my community and also my daughter. It will be good bonding time for us, but she is not into sports. We did soccer and dance and both. It's like pulling teeth, trying to get her to go. She's just not competitive, but I think another aspect is that there's not enough social interaction and the structure of the sports is not enough to scratch that itch. So Girl Scouts it is. And we went to an event last month and I said, what do you think? Do you want to join? And she said, yes, I want the badges and the cookies. So here we are.
just a little personal note. Okay, so I mentioned reading earlier, and I want to touch on the book that I read. I have a Substack post on it. The full title of the book is Ikigai, The Japanese Secret to a Long and Happy Life by Hector Garcia and Francesc Morales. I'm probably butchering that. It studied the centenarians of Japan, so people who live past 100, to determine what it is that causes them to live so long. So as a culture, they have a much higher proportion of citizens living past the age of 100. And I love books like these because they offer so much perspective on life. And too often we're caught up in the mundane or the hustle, the grind, and we don't appreciate what life is really about. So to me, this book boiled down the lifestyle of this philosophy and the ikigai or purpose. And it boiled it all down to doing what you love, which will also be something that the world needs, which you're good at, and what you can be paid to do. So it really seems so simple. And yet I think in Western culture in particular, we don't value much of that. We're kind of pushed into careers that make good money. You know, it's why we're told we have to go to college. And I started this bullet journal journey because I had achieved what I thought I was supposed to achieve and was left feeling completely unfulfilled. And yet here the Japanese seem like they've got it figured out and it's really just so simple. You know, when these people got up in the morning, they go work in their vegetable gardens, they take a nice walk in nature, they visit friends, they have tea, they do what they love to make a living. You know, they put food on their tables and they enjoy doing it. They might have very simple or modest by Western standards accommodations, but, you know, they're fulfilled. They might supplement their income by selling vegetables. They abide by the 80% rule where they eat until they're 80% full and then they stop so they're not overstuffed. And as they're describing this lifestyle, it just seemed like a dream life to me. I was very jealous. Um, So I think the biggest point I've applied to my life that was in the book is being happy with what you have. And I feel very fortunate for where I am in life. And sometimes that gratitude carries me through a day. You know, I live a great life. And although it's not where I ultimately want to end up, my husband and I have recently talked about where we envision our future. And I'm a little restless to get there. But for right now, I have my health, a happy family a roof over my head, food on the table, and life is good. So on that note, that is all that I have for you today. I will be back in a couple of weeks with my June update. Until then, this is my bullet journal journey, and I'm your host, Danny Kay.